This week on Out Now with Ernie, we are talking Thor, colon, Love and Thunder. Score four for Thor. We are now recording, and this is Out Now with Aaron and Abe. I am Aaron, and as always, this is... Abe, hello! Hi, how are you? Out Now is a film podcast where Abe and I discuss new movies weekly. We dig into movies, we emotional most for review, the occasional commentary track, or some other fun movie topic. This is episode 501. 501. I mean, Whoa. we do make jeans. <laughs> Indeed, oh we do. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, Alan. <laughs> Stupid, I love it. <laughs> but uh, yeah, we're back once again. We've eclipsed, we've gone over, we've passed 500. Mm-hmm. And we're now here with episode 501 where we're talking Thor, colon, Love and Thunder, the fourth Thor film. Woo. We will talk all about that and more. Joining us this week to discuss Thor, Love and Thunder, we have coming in from North Carolina, just getting back from Paradise City, it's Alan Aguilera. Hi. <laughs> that, was all, that was that uh, was North Carolina Thunder. Okay. Oh, okay. <laughs> yeah, the, never like, heard of Pick up on that. I thought you were like know, shaking you're... a drink or something. I don't know. <laughs> oh no, I could do that too. But that no, it's really humid out here. Everything's melting. No, that was Thunder. I was like, what are you talking about? Wow, yeah, I dig it. Yeah, it straight up did not work out the way I planned it to. But <laughs> I hopefully I get some points for you know trying something. Yeah, you get points for creativity. If Abe wanted yeah, yeah. to, he could edit in a great a great thunder sound when you do this. Less awkward, but probably won't. We'll probably just keep it in. <laughs> it exactly. like, I, I, just it. Keep it, I, I suppose just keep it in because you know what? I'm humble and I can admit some of my failures. And that's there fine. you go. Yeah. E for yeah. effort. Mm. <laughs> All right. Uh, e for exceptional. Oh, okay. Abe, but thank you. <laughs> thank you. Appreciate it. Thank you. I'm well, out now. Alan, we're glad to have you back on the show here. Glad to talk about some Thor with you. Thank um, you. But before we get to that, let's get to some show notes first. Uh, first up, new commentary track. Uh, it is a new month. It is July now. And uh, we will be talking Air Force One for this month's commentary track in honor of its 25th anniversary. The Wolfgang Peterson, Harrison Floyd, Ford team. Floyd? Yep, Harrison Floyd. <laughs> Harrison Floyd. <laughs> so, yeah, stay tuned for that one. That'll be recorded soon enough. Air Force One. Mm-hmm. Um, what else? Uh, let's go over the Summer Gamble. Summer Gamble X. Where, of course, Abe and I, <laughs> many guests of the show, including Alan Aguilar, yeah, have all predicted what they're going to be the top 10 Whew. highest grossing films of the summer. Um, and it's been a wild summer as far as the films have been. It's, yeah. it's Not been so much one week. <laughs> and uh, so, yeah, let's uh, let's talk about this. Thor opened this weekend. Mm-hmm. Another you know, major contender as far as the, the numbers go or the ranking of this list. Uh, and it opened to $143 million. Uh, you you were very close to it. I fucking crushed it. I, I yeah. called 140 last week. On the yeah. Show. Yeah. Was yeah. So, yeah. You did, you did pretty well for yourself. There, Price sure. is right. Rules and everything. <laughs> <I nailed it. laughs> Who won the showcase showdown? Uh, so yeah, 143. Um, that's a, that's a sizable number, a little under Dr. Strange. Um, when it opened, kind of on par with what you'd expect for the, the the second mcu summer release as it usually is the first one usually you know knocks it out with the, mm-hmm. the higher gross and the second one it tends to be leggier though so we'll you know we'll see what happens as far as where the final grosses go but still you know thor shaping up to beat the hit that we'd expect mm-hmm. uh minions arrived in second place this week 
making another 45 million. That's a lot of money. Yeah. Yeah. Its total is 210 in two weeks. Wow. Um, Yeah. It's uh, it's doing well. What's its global? I don't know. Something ridiculous. Like 400 million, probably. Let me see here. Okay. 399. So, yes, 400. (laughs) Jeez. Those those minions and making that money. Making Uh, that money. Yeah, Lightyear's not even in the top five at this point, but oh. I, but I will note that it is uh, it made two million and it's at one twelve total. Just to give you perspective on how good Minions is doing in the yeah. animation wars that are going on currently, the animation wars. Yeah, it's uh, not top, in a war anymore. Geez, <laughs> Top Gun in its seventh weekend uh, made fifteen million. Oh um, wow, that's still that's still a lot. It's it's, crushing, it's the third highest seventh weekend of all time behind Avatar and Titanic. Wow. Um, which, uh, you know, reminder of how monstrous the runs for Avatar and Titanic were. Uh-huh. Um, but it's at 597 total. Uh, so it's, you know, going to run, run, run over 600. Wait, wait, <laughs> 597 US? US, sorry. Domestic. Wow. Yeah. Incredible. Yeah, I mean, it's at, it's, it's, at like one, it's at like 1.2 billion worldwide. Yeah. <laughs> wow. Holy cow. Good job. Yeah. Uh, no, everybody it, on that team. Yeah. Uh, Elvis not going away, only dropped like 40% in its third week, 11 million. Uh, uh-huh. Bring it to ninety-one, so it's gonna get over a hundred million. Yeah, it ain't um, no why? dog. Why? You wanna know why? Because it's why? good. Because okay. it's great. People like it's it. That's, that is a good reason. I mean, yes, people <laughs> like it. Yeah, that's good. Yeah, I like it. I think it was good. You know, uh, you know why Topkin's doing great? It's great. Yeah. <laughs> you know why Lightyear went away? Because it sucked. Alan, age you write like, for your local paper. <laughs> like, yeah, I could. I I, you seen. know what? You save a lot of money on ink if I just wrote some of these stories. You know why it was good? Because it was great. <laughs> exactly. It's easy. Why is this movie so successful? Because it wasn't garbage. That's why. Boom. Mm-hmm. Alan Aguilera, Metacritic. Uh, People wanting to see it as a factor as well. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You, you know why they want to see it? Because it's good. All right. Well, Jurassic World uh, made another yes. 8 million and it's uh, 350 million worldwide. Okay. You love Jurassic World, Alan? Dinosaurs. <laughs> simple yet effective you know dinosaurs on a, on a chasing the dude on a bike that sounds like a great time to me yeah yeah i, I, yeah. Agree. I had a fun time with that mm-hmm. so yeah jurassic world obviously making money uh the black phone 62 million total 7 million this weekend the and, and they won in the first weekend already so you know everything else is just icy on the cake yeah, but it's nice to get a lot of icing. Oh, <laughs> so and that's what Black Boat is getting. So it's yeah. doing it's doing quite well for a, a horror movie, and just having lost like five hundred screens, also it's still like, mm-hmm. put, put in the bucks. So yeah, just wanted to point out all those things for the summer movie gamble. I haven't even tried to so, like, look at the number, the calculate the numbers so far, but it's yeah. uh, it's very interesting as far. But as basically, as like so far, Top Gun is number one, probably going to be the number one for the entire summer. Top Gun's gonna be the probably the number one for the year until for the year. like Avatar comes out and we'll see sure. what happens. <laughs> like yeah. I um, hope Avatar just makes all the dollars. Thirty dollars? Oh. All the dollars. No, I hope it makes a lot of money because all the money. I think it'll be fun. That's gonna be a good time. Yeah. yeah. Um I guess the, the biggest curiosity is Doctor Strange is at four hundred and eleven million, Jurassic World is at three fifty. I, it doesn't look like Jurassic World is going to top Doctor Strange at this point. So I, you, I, I have to wonder where's Minions going to stop? Where's <laughs> Thor, and where's Thor going to stop? So next weekend for Thor is going to be very interesting. It's going to be quite large. Mm-hmm. Or yeah, it's going to be a big weekend for for everybody in playing the game. Yeah, and there's no big release. You know, there's movies coming up. But there's no like huge release on this. You know, on this scale next week. Right. So it'll be interesting right. to see like what the holdovers are. Whew, okay. So yeah. so yeah, stay tuned. Um, okay, number one. Yeah. On a bit of a sadder note here, um, James Kahn, the legendary actor, passed away this week. Mm-hmm. Um, 
what can we say about James Scott? I mean, he 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 was certainly had this you know tough guy persona, but he you know played in a range of different roles and so oh. many you know different parts that he that he's well known for, including obviously The Godfather, but almost like mm. Michael Mann's Heat or not sorry Thief, um, yeah. Misery, uh, mis- Misery, yes, uh, Brian Song, a TV movie, but still one that's certainly memorable for him. Mm-hmm. Uh, Rollerball is <laughs> great, yeah. Jonathan, yeah. Um, I, I certainly had a, a big fondness for James Caan as far as all the different kinds of roles he would play. But uh, hey, how about you? Where, where were your thoughts on these? Yeah, I was, I was sad to hear the news. I mean, obviously, uh, lived a, a fairly full life. You know, everybody knew who he was. People still really liked his tweets, uh, signing off with uh, end of tweet. Um, you know, his son has made a lot of movies, too, and it's kind of been a splash with the Ocean series, but also a strong TV guy with uh, is he in Hawaii, Hawaii 5 Um, his, one of those. no, no, Scott Con, <laughs> yeah, Scott, yeah, yeah, but I mean, like, yeah, his son. Oh, you're saying, you're talking about, Scott. Yeah, yeah. yeah, but it was Hawaii, it is, yes, Hawaii it is Hawaii 5 yeah. yeah, yeah, I mean, you know, uh, and so people, people definitely know his name around the around Hollywood, and um, like what you're mentioning there, he definitely had a broad range that he could play with. I mean, yes, we know him as, um, sort of like a hothead guy, but at the same time, like, you know, he's got like softer roles and. He could kind of mix it in between the same scene as well, which is always something that um, I've always admired about any actor, to be honest. But yeah, James Conn kind of just like um, it was it, we we jokingly note that he had created the Conn Film Festival, but maybe, <laughs> maybe we should just keep with it, Aaron. I don't know. It'll always be the James Conn Film Festival <laughs> exactly. in my house. <laughs> but it was a it was it was a bummer to hear about his passing. But again, uh, lived a fairly full life and. Um, I just want to kind of just like shout out that, um, again, like all the, the really fun stories that you've been reading on Twitter. Um, I read one, especially about, uh, about him just basically going to a movie rental place and asking yeah. to, for movies and then just like roll a ball. Who's in it? He's like, you are, sir. Just really funny stuff. So Jim, Con- Jimmy, uh, you know, head of the, the con film festival, uh, we'll miss you. Alan, what were your thoughts on James Con? Um, I think when I was younger, I didn't really have that much of a connection to him because I didn't watch any of his movies, really, mm-hmm. except for The Godfather. So I knew him from that. I knew him from his son because of emotions and stuff. But I think later on when I watched Thief and I watched Rollerball, I just recently watched Misery and I'm like, this dude, this dude rocks. He's just always, he's always a fun uh, addition to whatever movie he's in. He's a tough guy. But wasn't he, uh, he was like a, wasn't he Quirky Romano's dad or something? That wouldn't surprise me. He, he has yeah, a few like, yeah, like, like mob yeah. send up roles. Uh-huh. Yeah, I mean, he he did something like that. I thought he was really good in that. But he's always just always been a fun pleasure, and it's it's sad that he's not with us anymore. But he did live. He was what eighty two. Eighty two. Yeah. Yeah. So the dude was the dude. The, the dude lived a full life. Yeah. And you know, as long as he's not in any pain, and he has a whole career of, you know. Oh, like Honeymoon in Vegas. That was a great movie. That there you go. Like, that's a great. Yeah. That was a good one. That was yeah. a good one. But you know, he had a full life, and I think uh, it'll be a bummer he won't be adding any more to that. But you know, we all we all appreciate him. A whole generation of kids are going to see him as Elf's dad. So yeah, <laughs> that's yeah. right. Yeah, Mr. Elf. Yeah, he's Mr. Elf. <laughs> Mickey Blue Eyes. He was Mickey Blue Eyes where he did that with Hugh Grant. I remember that. Mm-hmm. There's a you know he's he's not in um, obviously you know. He, spoilers for the godfather but he doesn't make it no, uh, what but, <laughs> but uh godfather parts two he shows up for one for like one scene towards the end, At gets, the end paid, yeah. gets paid 
if if not the same, maybe more than he got paid for the first one, which is hilarious to me. Always is when a bad panda thing happens right now. Mm-hmm. I love that. Uh, but, he, but he has one like amazing, like he's you know, they're like all arguing, and uh, and like uh, Talia Shire's first, you know, her husband, like they, they they're first meeting him, right? Like right, he's hearing, right. like not husband yet, but like the boyfriend. Yeah. Uh, but James Conn's yeah. like. He's introduced. Everybody's like introducing each other, and he points to opportunity. He's like, "That lumpy thing over there is Michael." And it's always the, it's just a great little line that he has, just to dig at his brother. It's always really funny. Um, but yeah, James, James Conn, a, a tremendous actor. He, he will be missed. Okay, so let's uh, let's uh, let's move on now. Let's uh, get to let's get some out of quickies. Get back. All right. I was so excited. I always jumped the gun on it, but I'm always, <laughs> you're, no, it's great. You didn't jump the gun at all. You're, I think it was okay. right on time. I love it. You're you're like Jaw Rule. You're always on time. You're exactly like Jaw Rule, Alan. <laughs> Never Not a good that. rapper. You're correct. <laughs> yeah. Not a good rapper. No, he's a he. He's a, a great events host. That's what I've heard of Jaw Rule. <laughs> well, you know, um, <laughs> great at giving those. Uh, what is it? The uh, cheers. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> all right. So let's leave Jar Rule behind and let's move on to these quick. Oh, <laughs> Abe, what have you seen recently? I wasn't on the week, on the show last week, but you guys talked about Elvis and I've two seen Elvis ago. two weeks ago. Yeah, sorry, we had five hundred last week. Um, so two weeks ago, I watched Elvis, and um, I will, I will say it's a lot. You know, there there certainly is a Baz Luhrmann effect to it, and I I, I think that I listened back to the episode when I was editing it and. While I, I didn't particularly love it the way that um, man, I'm blanking on his name, Peter. Like, Peter, thank you. Peter loved it, um, and I think that you really liked it. And I liked it well enough. I was yeah, like well enough, more in the middle. Yeah, and then Todd certainly didn't like it, and I I think I would have been like sort of there in the middle with you, um, because I think that there was certainly a lot of like flash in it, but when you walk away from it, there's just not really a whole lot that you can really take away from it. It is a certainly entertaining movie. Um, and I certainly dug all the music combination and the way that they uh, sort of elicited feelings, whether earned or unearned uh, from you um, in the movie. But I, I think that when you walk away from it, you're just like, OK, well, you know, um, I think I knew exactly the same amount that I knew about Elvis when I when I started, went into the movie. Uh, and if you're looking to hopefully learn a little bit more, maybe you didn't really get that as much. But again, entertaining. I, I, if it had gone full on crazy the way that it does for the opening credits and like the first like you know 10 12 minutes of the movie i would have been okay with that because why not have a baz lermany type of movie like that but um that was all this and then i also watched um i don't know if you guys have, have heard of this movie it's called dune um <laughs> it came out last year <laughs> and uh-huh. uh man it is it is incredible on like this is like at least like the fourth rewatch now but my friend oh. was watching it and he's like, hey, um, like, let's go watch this. Uh, and I was like, OK, cool. Like, we'll just like have a, a, a chat while we're watching it. And it's like the sound is incredible, even for at home purposes, like the sound design and the way that it is just loud and deep and echoey is like phenomenal even for home viewing. So like a lot of kudos to that team for all the technical work that they did. And obviously they swept the awards for all the technical categories. But it was just, it's, it's such a good rewatchable movie. Um, so check out Dune if you haven't. It's on HBO Max right now. Hey, Alan, do you own and that's, Dune? And that's, and that's Dune? <laughs> yes. Yeah, Dune? yeah. It's, it's spelled D-O-O-N. Uh, Dune. Dune. Okay, yeah. Alan, do, do, you, do you own Dune? Yeah. 
What, what, yes. Wouldn't it be cool if like Abe was like, "Hey guys, we're watching Dune. You want to put it on?" And then like we all did that. <laughs> oh, that would be cool. Yeah, you know that would have been fun. You talking? But which Dune are we talking about? Are we talking about the David Lynch 1984, and in that case, which edition? Because I have the Arrow edition with four different kinds. And I believe I also oh, wow. have the Dune for. I fucking love Dune. I love the David Lynch Dune. I think uh, the David Lynch Dune is my favorite David Lynch movie. Yeah, I and haven't then, revisited that in a while. It's bad, but it's a good time. Yeah, that was, um, that's kind of yeah. That's, that's all that's you that. can help for in a movie. Like, eh, like, I think oh, that it being a good time. <laughs> yeah, sure, sure, sure. But I mean, as long as you have, I mean, as long you literally as you just described the other time. Dune that is a good time that you also like. So yes, I feel like yeah. that's possible. <laughs> but if anybody's having a good time when they're watching a movie, hey man, more more power to you. You know, you know, Dune in the nineteen eighties kind of cheesy, but you know what? I liked it. Yeah, you so, know what else is cheesy? Cheeseburgers, and I love those. No, that was cheesy. Most things, so, <laughs> and most things that are fun. So, like go. pizza, Calabunga. There it is. <laughs> yeah, Cal- yep. But that's what I saw. Um, Alan, what have you been seeing? Yeah, what did I? Oh, today I finished Obi Wan on Disney Plus. Oh, hey, okay. I am very much whelmed by the whole experience. Um, <laughs> At first, I thought I, that there was something that I missed, but I did not miss it. No, I was like. Oh yeah, like the first three episodes, I'm like, wow, these are awful. So I stopped watching it for a minute because wow. I just didn't care. Then I went back. And I was like, oh, this is fine. Mm-hmm. It was fine. I just a lot of the basis of it, I just didn't care for. And then I finished the boys, this current season, season three, and that was great. I just started Star Trek: Strange New Worlds, so I just watched the first episode. I'm like, oh, I can get into this. What kind of worlds do they go to? Um. The first one wasn't as strange as I wanted. Like, this seems a lot like ours. Like, they shot this in Australia. That's weird. It's crazy. It's strange that it wasn't stranger. Yeah. (laughs) Yes. And then um, any other movie that I just saw? No. I think... Oh, I started watching Patriot Games and I fell asleep. Because I've been on this kick. I've been on this kick of rewatching old, old, like, 90s movies I never got a chance to see. No. Like they just missed. Like I, I just recently watched Hunt for Red October, and that movie. Rocks. Let me tell you, that's yeah. a good movie. That is a solid flick. Yeah. Um, have so you not? I was like, ooh, let me watch. So, so you haven't seen Clear and Present Danger either? I take. I haven't seen Clear and Present Danger. I haven't seen Patriot Games. I saw some of our fears. And I enjoyed it enough. Yeah, I like that one. And then I want to watch the Shadow Recruit. So what I'm trying to do is like yeah. get all my yeah. propaganda going. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And then once like I'm it. filled, I will start the Jack Reacher thing with a. Uh, Krasinski. Well, at least that looks like a fun well, time. well, since you're going to finish off with Shadow Recruit, which is awful, at least you'll have Jack Reacher to fall back onto, which is great. Correct. So. Yes. And then what else did I just watch? Oh, oh wait, real, real quick, also, real, real quick, of the two Ford yes. ones, Clear and Present Danger is the bomb. That movie rocks. Patriot Games. That's what I hear. I'm like, wow, Patriot Games is taking a while to do anything for me. So, <laughs> yeah. I'm like, ooh, Sean Bean's in this, and I guess he's just in it, and then that's fine. He doesn't I die? Really good for it. Well, let him get. Uh, to I, don't know. I don't know. Let him, let him, let him see if he does. I have got it's. I it's, I it's my Blade Runner problem where the first couple times I saw Blade Runner, I fell asleep mm-hmm. until I had to go watch it in the theater. So that's the problem I'm having with Patriot until I had now. to go watch it in the theater. Yeah, yeah. The, the difference yeah. is when you saw it when you finally saw it to the end in the theater. I, I'm sure you had some level of appreciation for Blade Runner. Sure. Um, <laughs> I got hot takes today, man. Don't I said some it. level. I didn't just yeah. define it. Alan, our show <laughs> is all about hot takes. That's what we. That's what we strive for. Is it? I think about Blade no. Runner. No. I don't <laughs> we think it's a cool movie to look at, and there's not much more to it than that. Sure. Like the world is great. I just don't care. 
Um, Did you like 249? Uh, I forget. Same. It was fine. Like, I like looking at it. It was very pretty. Mm-hmm. It was no Dune. That's what you're saying. Nothing's really any of the Dune. Dune is exceptional. Um, but you know what? I think that's it. Is it. You know, I've, just been, I've, I've uh, I'm just trying to catch up on a bunch of TV, but you know, I think I'm doing a pretty good job. Uh, what about you, uh, Aaron? What have you been watching? I've seen a few things. Uh, this week on Netflix, The Sea Beast uh, came out. This is the new animated oh, film yeah. from the director of uh, Big Hero 6. Mm-hmm. Uh, it is quite good. Um, like, real good. Oh. I, I, now, it's a movie about sea monsters and features you know, giant kaiju battles. So like automatically I'm already like in the tank for this, but uh, it's good as far as being like a story meant for all people Um, has a level of darkness, but nothing like, you know, too dark. It's certainly, you know, kids can watch this movie, but it addresses in addition to being a movie about like, what's it? Carl Urban voices, like one of the main characters. Then you have this little girl and they kind of have to team up to go after this, sea monster and it turns out the sea monster might not be the monster they all think it is oh um, no uh, but, what? but like in addition to having this kind of grand sea adventure that they're on there's things that are you know it, it tackles some relevant social themes that i think are very cleverly handled okay uh it's not hard to like see certain influences like how to train your dragon or what have you mm-hmm. but it's not like it it's not something that like depends on you understanding this from previous movies it's its own original thing and it works quite well it's well animated um there are, you know, there's some impressive visuals in it, some pretty neat camera work. And the fact that it's not like Disney and it doesn't have to shy away from certain elements of darkness, I think works in its favor. Yeah. Um, I'm not saying it's like super hardcore violent or has like, you know, wild things going on, but it's early, you can tell that it's from like someone that, you know, has animated within a, you know, a major studio system before and is trying to do something else on his own, despite having whatever infinity bucks Netflix gives people. Um, <laughs> so they used C- to do that. So CB's quite good. Yeah, I uh, certainly recommend it. Um, I also watched the documentary Fire of Love. Um, this is about the two volcanologists who oh, yeah. uh, became a couple yeah. um, and had decades of work that they've put away from like the 50s, 60s up to the 90s until they're unfortunate death um this is all laid out very early on in the documentary so it's not like it's a surprise that they pass away mm-hmm. based on, due to a volcano filming um, yeah while filming a volcano yeah oh but, volcanologists i was like so they study vulcan language yeah they go like, to strange new worlds um okay cool i was like oh that's neat the 50s that, that doesn't seem right but okay cool yeah, it's a it's a rather <laughs> compelling documentary you get a lot of, for one thing you get a lot of great footage of volcanoes which is pretty cool mm-hmm. on its own but you have this like interesting story about these two people that you learn about as far as how their relationship works and the chemistry they have together and just seeing the combination of these two things works really well it's narrated by miranda july a filmmaker um and she has this kind of soft voice that is a nice way to kind of guide you through this whole thing so it's uh i think it's in limited release like in theaters somewhere it's it's a nat geo neon thing so it'll be streaming soon enough somewhere as well Mm -hmm. but like it's it's certainly worth your time it's a very good movie okay and um lastly i watched mrs Harris goes to paris oh um this is uh based on this i guess a series of novels um but based off an old like 50s novel it stars leslie manville uh playing a widower a widow a widow uh Uh who who uh, basically saves up enough money to travel to Paris in order to buy herself a very fancy dress. Um, oh, what's, what's the, what, what is the brand? Um, Chanel? No, but it's one of those like very fancy ones. Burberry? Burberry. 
<laughs> I think I'm just naming like extensive brands now. Anyway, Dior, uh, Kirkland? Dior, Dior. Kirkland? I got oh. it. Okay, uh, Dior, yeah, Dior. Yeah, yeah. Um, and uh, once she has this kind of like Wally effect on people once she gets there, where she like inspires people to be more like curious and friendly. Mm-hmm. Um, it's just a really nice movie. Um, it, okay. it, it has it has like good performances like Jason Isaacs is in there and um what's her name is it um is it Charlotte Charlotte Rampling or no Isabel Huppert I was like Charlotte Rampling wow. <laughs> you know one of those one of those European ladies <laughs> Isabel Huppert is in there uh-huh. um, is she the one that was problematic or no it's hard to keep track of which, <laughs> yeah. which older actress says which bad thing um but regardless the movie itself is is just like a quite it's just a nice movie okay. um so yeah, between that is my bold prediction of her getting an Oscar nom uh, out of the ballpark. I think it's, I think it's we're way early. Okay. <laughs> I think it's a, it's a summer release. So she didn't blow you movie. away. Got it. I'd be, I'd be surprised if like the if it lasted all the way to the end of the sure, year. Sure, in sure. that regard. But you never know. Golden Globe comedy nomination maybe in the back. <laughs> um. So yeah, those are the movies I've seen. Okay, and that's enough movies. Trademark. Tim. Well, let's move on now to get some trailer talk. There's we're talking about some of the new trailers of the week when they're coming out, what we thought of it, what have you. And this week we've got it. We got a, a couple trailers to go over and um, see what we think. See what we le- we're leaning on uh, as far as which one has more of our interest. Uh, so we have two here, uh, both kind of superhero themed. One is based on real uh, real life because uh, we have the Woman King. Uh, this is from director Gina Prince Bythewood, who's brought us movies such as Love and Basketball and The Old Guard. It stars Viola Davis uh, as a uh, a general in the uh, was it the the Kingdom of Dahomey, mm-hmm. um, this this African African nation, um, and it deals with uh, basically their attempts to stave off the the uh, the white invaders that have, that are coming to Africa during this 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 early time period. Uh, features Viola Davis, as I said, as well as uh, John Boyega, among others. Elshana Lynch, I believe, is in there mm-hmm. as well, and uh, yeah. But on the other side of things, we have an actual superhero, as far as comic book movies go, uh, Black Adam, featuring Dwayne Johnson in a role that he's been involved with for like over a decade now at this point. Finally getting this movie made. It's from director Young Colette Sarah, who's made plenty of uh, Liam Neeson Hitchcockian movies, as well as Jungle Cruise last year. Um, I'm not a, I'm not I don't know much about Black Adam beyond like, I guess he's a Shazam villain. Alan, do you know more about Black Adam? That's about the extent of what I understand. I know he was in JSA for a minute. Mm-hmm. Um, he's like an anti-hero kind of vibe. That's like, the thing. He's, yeah. not, he's not fully, like, I. if you told me 12 years ago that Black Adam is going to be his own movie and we're going to come in and he's going to be like his own hero, I'm like, no. Because he should be like a foil. <laughs> he should be like Neymar. He should just be like a guy that's like, listen, Superman, kind of a, 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 I can't get the word out. <laughs> I'm like he's kind of a he's kind of a you're kind of a you're kind of a pansy. So I'm gonna do some real like he's just kind of just a jerk. Um, from what I understand in the comic books, from what I've read of him, so it's just weird that they're making a movie about him. But you know, well, Dwayne Johnson. Weird things have happened. He's yeah. he's been attached to this for a long time, so he really wants to make a movie about Black. Guy. A really long time. He yeah. certainly yeah. seems to find it Forever. interesting. Um, this film also features uh, Aldous Hodge, Noah Centineo, Sarah Shahi, and Pierce Brosnan as Doctor Fate which is just a fun name. Mm-hmm. Uh, so we have these two movies. Between the two of them, Alan, I'll start with you. Which one are you more Ugh. interested in? Black Adam. Yeah? Yeah, like, I, I I don't know. I started watching the Woman King trailer. I'm like, this seems like 
one of those fake trailers of the Tropic Thunder, like those fake Tropic Thunder trailers, like it just seemed like this is a hero from history played by Viola Davis. I'm like, oh, okay, well, it's just, I don't know, and like the, the, the thick uh, African accents they're all doing don't sound great to me. Um, I hope it's a good movie. And I know that like it's a great like story to draw inspiration from, but I'm like, oh, I don't think this is gonna be very entertaining. My, but with Black Adam, I'm like, well, at least I have a connection to that, so at least I know. But I don't think the Black Adam trailer can really decipher whether it's gonna be goofy or whether it's gonna be serious. And I don't know how they're gonna balance that. But I'm a little bit more interested in watching Black Adam because I'm also just a fan of The Rock since the 90s for his charisma and stuff so i think black adam is what i'm leaning toward but if i hear it's also with the woman king coming out right after labor day in september during the dead month i don't know how much uh how much uh, faith the studio has in it if they're releasing it at september 16th mm. so i don't know that's where i stand on it what about you guys hey, what about you? i am completely the opposite of what alan <laughs> yeah <laughs> okay Woman King is, is what I'm going with. Uh, I mean, it's, I don't know, everybody that's in it, uh, including John Boyega and also Viola Davis, uh, are probably a lot more interesting of people than The Rock. I'm not, this is not a The Rock versus everybody else kind of thing. Just more that, you know, when I watched the, the Black Adam trailer, um, I really just was like, I think I've seen a version of this movie in every other superhero origin, anti-hero origin story that I've ever seen before. And it looked fine. It looked uh, like certainly a rock vehicle. Um, but with the Woman King, I was like, okay, cool. Well, I, I certainly know what you're talking about with um, uh, Trumpet Thunder type of uh, trailer. But at the same time, I'm like, mm-hmm. hey, man, this is like a Viola, Viola Davis vehicle. And I don't think she's ever let me down in any movie that she's ever been in. Um, and then also with the uh, advantage of having Lashana Lynch in there too. I was like, yeah, of course. I, I definitely would watch this movie. Um, and see what we're all about here versus uh, the colonizers of the world. But yeah, um, if I had to choose between two, I'm definitely choosing the Woman King to go check out um, first. Yeah, I, I agree with Abe um, largely because yeah, Viola Davis is a, a, a great star, and Gina Prince Brightwood makes good movies. I mean, that's that's one of my main takeaways as well. Um, if, if there's a historical epic action movie about you know this group of africans that fought back against you know white enslavers like yeah i'm that i'm i'm more into that than what the trailer has shown me for black adam so far like i don't know this character so it's not like it's tied to me in any way personally um i just know that the basic gist of it and honestly like given the way it's been described to me and the way the rock has hyped it up it, it feels like it, it should be doing something different and I'm not seeing that so far. Like, it, you know, it's certainly not the first anti-hero movie, although it seems to like have this attitude as if it is, which is whatever. <laughs> but uh-huh. like I... Yeah, especially in the history, especially in the world with the boys. Like, yeah, no, we've seen this kind of stuff before. You got yes. it. And it's yeah. like, so like, but my faith is largely in what Yom Colette Sarah could do with something like this, given that it's presumably a mega budget movie that he has to work with but i mean i saw him attempt to do that last year in jungle cruise which did not impress me very much so mm-hmm. it's like what do we have going for us beyond I forget that he was the director of that by the way yeah <laughs> which well because it's weird because it's like this is the guy that gave us non-stop yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah these, these are action movies yeah. yeah let alone like something like house of wax like weird movies and it's right. like okay so he's doing black adam that's cool i the rock certainly has a passion for this like 
I don't, you know, I don't not want to see this or not want it to be good. Sure. But based off of how it's been talked up to be versus what I'm seeing in this trailer, it's like, what are we doing different here? And mm -hmm. that's less exciting than what I'm seeing in the woman King so far. So we'll see what happens. I, uh, I, I think with me, with black Adam is that I don't know how it's going to be talked up. I just know he's been doing it forever. And then they saw the trailer. I'm like, listen, I think that right now with the current state of move, Marvel movies, I have more faith or more interest in seeing a new DC movie than I do in a Marvel mm -hmm. movie. Cause I don't know necessarily know what I'm going to get. Cause I was such a big fan of Batman. I think the suicide squad, James Gunn was pretty fun. I even liked Aquaman because of how bad shit it was. See, I, so, I hear what you're saying, but those three films you, know you just mean? named, they all seemed like they had more personality than what this is showing me so far. Now, granted, it's been two minutes. Like, it's not much yeah, to judge yeah, yeah. on. Sure. I, I certainly, I recognize that. And I'm not writing. But again, I'm... I, oh, it could be like, bad, man. I, I think it's going to oh, be bad. Of course it could you know, be It might bad, be fun. I, I just wanted to be fun but like, at this rate. I, very I hear you. I, and, I, difficult. and I agree with you. It's just more of yeah like ideally i'm getting dc movies that continue to like get into their idiosyncrasies and what have you when it comes to the filmmakers but this one is it's not like shazam right away showed me it felt like it was going to be something different suicide squad felt the same the batman even felt the same like they felt mm -hmm. like specific oh, I, see, I see i see i see this one is just like so the the rockies He's, he's playing this guy i guess okay yeah. like I, there's nothing there's nothing really i'm going on except of course for you know pierce brosnan playing dr fate like whatever he's doing i'm into like he just yeah. seems like he's having a good time he's great yeah, yeah. I, I, that's yeah that's something i've learned even like the, the shots having a good time it like it again lack of familiarity didn't help here but like the shots of like what's it um hawkman and i assume an at adam some kind of giant yeah, adam adam, person um yeah adam, adam smasher yeah i like I, that should be cool to me and i'm just thinking okay cool there's there's heroes i guess like uh, there are other people in there it's just like all right, yeah all right oh yeah no i see i see i feel the same way i'm like oh that's neat mm. like, is that it or you know also the casting of an egyptian god with the rock is kind of funny to me <laughs> well we, we just got oscar isaac's moon knight so you can't go wrong that when is, it comes to yeah that's true. <laughs> that's true. um black adam rise in theaters october 21st 2022 the woman king arrives earlier september 20 september 16th 2022 uh so like always we will see with both yeah. all right i hope i'm wrong but we'll see <laughs> yeah. uh moving on now let's get to our main review for thor love and thunder kids get to popcorn now let me tell you the story of the space viking thor odinson he was no ordinary man he was a god after saving planet earth for the 500th time thor set off on a new journey well he got in shape he went from dad bod to god bod and after all that he reclaimed his title as the one and only thor Oh, spoke too soon. Jane? The old ex-girlfriend. What's it been like? Three, four years? <laughs> Eight years, seven months, and six days. Give or take. Am I, uh, sensing feelings? Well, <laughs> <laughs> you're right. That should have been some of the trailer for Thor, called Love and Thunder. This is the 29th film in the Marvel Cinematic Universe, but the first fourth entry for a solo character. Given the trilogy design of so many of these franchises, Thor is fittingly feeling unsure of himself. After all he's gone through in his first three films, let alone the Infinity Saga as a whole, this movie is about Thor finding himself. Fittingly, 
This comes in the form of love as he finds himself reuniting with the lost love of his life, Jane Foster, who has gotten a superhero upgrade, becoming the mighty Thor, who now wields a previously broken Menjolnor. These two will be dealing with what broke them apart while also dealing with Gore the God Butcher, played by Christian Bale, who has a goal to eliminate all gods and has kidnapped all of the Asgardian children as part of his plan to do so. So it's time for another grand Thor adventure. Director Taika Waititi returns along with many members of the previous Thor movie crews. Alan, did you yeah. like this as a follow-up to what many seem to enjoy in the shakeup that was Thor Ragnarok? No, I didn't like it. I, I was not a fan of this movie. Um, I think Marvel, I think it's plain to see now that it has a phase four problem. Because now that Endgame is over, I think that Disney has just gone full in on trying to make it as much of a cash cow that they've been meaning to get it to be. So I think that I don't I don't know who this movie's for. Because I felt that the comedy was comedic, whatever. And I feel like it's a big step down from Ragnarok, which I really wasn't that big of a fan of. Um, and I feel like this movie just um, didn't, didn't give us the proper arc that we needed for any character involved, really. Um, Thor had this romantic art with Jane, but that's fine. But then you have, this is all spoilery, right? We can talk about it openly. Mm, maybe, yeah, maybe not. Maybe not like the end of things, yeah. but you can talk okay. about the basic okay. plot well, of well, So basically you have Thor trying to rekindle something with Jane, and I feel like by the end of it, it didn't matter. Um, I feel that Gore's uh, entire arc was wasted and as one of the coolest villains in his it could like i feel like they could have replaced gore with any other villain from thor's gallery and it would have done the same kind of vibe i think they only needed gore because of the god mentioning thing so they can shoehorn in hercules or um, a character uh zeus or whatever coming in there like everybody's dressed up at the spirit halloween i i think the movie looked cheap i think that a lot of the film was disjointed and uneven and i feel that marvel phase four doesn't know where it's going after this and i didn't like the batman returns element of the like i think gore had like a penguin kind of vibe where he just wanted to steal all the kids i didn't like that um i just i i, I don't think the plot was worthwhile and i think they are dumbing down a lot of their movies now for the younger masses because i think i was doing the math the other day where if iron man came out in 2008 which did um, historically people my age would have already had like a five or six year old so a five or six year old would enjoy Love and Thunder I uh, do not have children I just want these movies to be decent and I feel like these Marvel movies are turning more and more into what these anti-Marvel film bros are saying they are which is just cash cow nonsense that isn't as fun as they used to be but I don't know what do you guys think? Abe? I I'm not totally opposed to what Alan is saying. I, I like this movie, but I didn't love it. And as I was watching it, I certainly felt as though there was a lot of ideas in it. And then you start reading interviews with Taika Waititi after the fact. And um, and even he was just like, you know, I gave a lot in Ragnarok. And then they immediately were just like, you should make a, a number four. And he's like, I didn't know that they were going to make a number or I didn't think that they were going to make a number four because they usually don't make number fours in, in the MCUs. Um, and here I am just like with ideas, pitching it out. Um I think that there was certainly a feeling that I got from it, which was this feels like a stepping stone, but I think to Alan's point, it's like, I don't know what it feels like a stepping stone to. And I sort of had this feeling with um, dark world as well. Um, and I, 
as we move into the middle slash like the latter half of the, the phase four, I certainly have questions for you guys about like what's coming up and what's coming next. But for this movie alone, like I enjoyed certain elements of it, but then I also felt as though it kind of got lost in its own. Uh, it kind of got, it couldn't get out of its own way at sometimes. And then I also felt as though it was like, yeah, this definitely feels like Taika is just like, I'm going to make a movie that I want kind of for me, but also uh, one that just sort of is, is like me fulfilling uh, my contract with Disney and, and kind of just like um, putting whatever I want in this, like whether it's humor, whether it's like some elements that I usually add in, which is um, some traumatic childhood stuff. And then maybe like uh, some, some drama here and there. Uh, but overall, like it just was okay. Um, it certainly isn't one of my favorites. And then, like I do like some elements of this for sure. I mean, there's a certain point where there's um, your four main leads that are um, on a moon uh, sequence later in the movie, and that's a that's a really fun, cool sequence to to check out. But I agree. It, it could have gone like, if they decided to go a little bit darker with it too. That I would have been fine with that too, because I think Gore is a pretty cool villain. Just in terms of what he can do, how he how he uses uh, the shadow realm and and what he does within all that, that would have been fun. But you know, like it's kind of played for for laughs and hamming uh, it up sometimes. And while some of it does work, um, I didn't think that it was super effective on me. So yeah, I, I think that I was I wasn't left confused by this. I think I was just more left like, okay, well, um, I guess that's that is what it is. But yeah, what about you, Aaron? I had a fun time. Um, I can <laughs> acknowledge various criticisms of the movie because certainly, you know, not the best that Marvels has to offer. But I, I'd go against the idea that like it's just doing things for the sake of being a cash cow, just because of how experimental it's been. If they wanted to make just like nothing but nothing but movies that produce nothing but cash, I don't think you'd get like a two-hour, forty-five-minute Eternals movie or something that's weird like this. I, I think they're letting their artists uh, have more control over their projects, which I admire. Um, obviously, I you know I wish they were better. Um, but I'm not going to knock movies for being ambitious, which I think these are trying to do. I think this movie specifically has an issue with trying to do a lot in a little amount of time. Why this movie is only two hours compared to so many more. I mean, that's with credits. Why this movie is only like an hour yeah. 50 uh, while so many Marvel movies are going overboard at their runtimes. This is like one of the first ones I'm like, this could have been longer and I would have appreciated that. And it's weird that it, you know, knocked down at the same time. It's a comedy and, you know, comedies don't tend to be overly long, at least good ones. So like, I, I get that they're trying to hit some kind of sweet spot, but it does feel like there's a lot of their stuffing into this particular story that doesn't all, roll out the way that I think it needed to to be 100% effective. That said, what Tyke is doing here, once again, if he's done his other movies, is balancing a level of comedy and drama. And I think the movie is at its best when it's doing the things with its drama. There's comedy that I laughed at. There's only like funny bits in this movie and what have you. I'm not saying that it's not entertaining in that fashion, but as far as the drama, dramatic aspects go, while there are areas that can be improved upon, I do think... I, I I guess I rub against this too. Like I do think by the end of this, I think it ends quite strong as far as what I got out of it from an emotional level, as far as what it's going for and regarding uh, the Thor Jane plotline, as well as what Gore's doing. I don't know all of Thor's villains. Um, I don't know Gore outside of you know basically this movie and some reference points that I just looked up for the sake of it. And like, if there's other people you could throw in in its place, okay, cool. But the guy I got here was someone that I thought was rather effective because Christian Bale is giving it his all as he tends to do. 
and proving here that he could easily play the Joker just as he could have played Batman. <laughs> so it's like good for him, I guess, as far as his uh, commitment and range. Um, I I do think he's very good here. I think the cast in general is having a good time, some doing more than others. Uh, Hemsworth is obviously just in his zone as he normally is um, playing this character, especially in this form where he seems more invested in this kind of Thor. Um, Portman being back, I think she... I think she um, she doesn't forget who the like they don't let her forget who the character Jane Foster was in the previous Thor movies, where she's just this like science like she geeks out over science stuff, and the fact that she happens to have Thor's powers that like it adds a level of fun to her, especially given what's going on of her character. It's like okay, I I appreciate like the two sides of this. Um, there's other things we can talk about with the characters, but like as far as like the look of this movie goes, I know that's going to get talked about a lot as well. I can agree that there's certainly areas that fall kind of flat and part of that's based on how they filmed it. And part of it's just because the movie seems less interested in some areas at the same time, there's a lot of interesting art direction in some of the things such as the moon sure. shadow sequence that you talked about. And even just like designs of like these shadow creatures or basically things involving gore, or even some mm-hmm. of the God stuff where I, I feel like there's, there's areas worth ex- that aren't worth just th- tossing aside. I think there's interesting stuff going on there. So like on top of it all, I just had a good time with this. I, again, it, yeah, it's not like the highest of ranking MCU films but at the same time. Like I walked into this movie, <laughs> had fun and with it, enjoyed what it was bringing, wish it could have done more with certain things, but didn't walk out feeling bad about it. Mm-hmm. I, I feel like my issue was, I think I hyped myself up a little bit too much on it because Gore is my favorite Thor villain. Okay. But I feel like if you were going to have that particular villain in your movie you shouldn't have gone comedic with it because he is do they go comedic of gore though well like they, him specifically well, like there's comedy around him but there's like scenes with him, with him specifically no 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 not necessarily because i think that also the idea that they finally got christian bill in the mcu and they basically wasted him in a movie he was in it for a few minutes he was probably like well, how long do you think he worked on set like two weeks like, do you think he just came in, knocked his stuff out? Or was he like a one-take guy? Like, all right, guys, I got to go. Bye. <laughs> I don't think he's um, in any less or more or less than any villain in any of these movies, regardless if you think yeah. they're good villains or bad villains. Mm-hmm. Well, I think Well, I think with him, it's like, he's the god killer. He's the god butcher. And mm-hmm. in on screen, Hela kills more god than he does. And she was a villain that you... Like you, I think watching Ragnarok, you're like, oh shit, uh, Kate Blanchett might actually win this. Like mm-hmm. Hela might actually be able to beat Thor, and she basically got what she wanted out of it. And this one, like, got uh, he wanted to kill a bunch of gods. Well, we didn't really see it. It wasn't a montage. We didn't see how powerful he was because the only thing he was able to do was wound one of the friends. And then at the end of it, the the goal he was going for the whole time, he didn't even like. It's just I just think it was they pulled a lot of punches with him and I feel like they could have, he could have been an Avengers level villain for them. And they decided not to do that. That I think that's understandable. I think that kind of speaks. And to I think that's Aaron, my frustration with it. Yeah. And um, I think that sort of speaks I, to what Aaron is saying about just like a lot of ideas uh, and the runtime yeah. is, is fairly short. Um, Cause I, I certainly felt everything that you have expressed as well. Cause I was like, okay, cool. Like, I guess he killed everybody because on a screen you see that all these gods are dead. Uh, when he's talking to like uh, the guardians or something like that. Right. Um, but beyond that, like, you know, I think there's some really neat things that they could have done 
with him with the ability for his ability to use nighttime as a cover um, and even him being like really kind of creepy with his uh, glowing eyes um, it's, it's, you look cool yeah it, there's like some illness to it but on the flip side aaron i mean i agree with aaron too like it doesn't feel as though bale's like mailing in any sort of performance no i don't think he um, was I didn't, i'm not saying that i don't think yeah. he ever does anything but i feel that he was there for he probably only had limited i don't know i just feel like it's a wasted effort with sure. I, I think he was sufficiently creepy in this movie for what he had to do and i mean you talk about hell and it's like I, I hear you, and if like if there was a movie that's only focused on Thor versus Gore, no rhyme pun intended there. Yeah. I I can say sure, there's a movie you can make that way that's just nothing but darkness. But I don't think you really want that with Thor. Does that mean that you could have chosen a different villain, perhaps? But I mean, I I appreciated what I got from seeing this character, and it, it, compared to Hello, like I mean, I saw that movie. I saw a movie where I saw one powerful villain kill a bunch of people. Do I need to see that twice? I don't necessarily think so. So I liked. I appreciated that they went to this this creepy dark route where he invades the shadows and he kidnaps kids and he acts all menacing and has one overall goal that would you know, do what it needs to do. Like, and let alone where it goes with him based off why he's doing this to begin with and what that angle is like, again, I, I think that yeah, that... there's a, ver- there's a version of this where yes, it could be expanded and you could deal with nothing but this and get that uh, a different version. But the version I got, yeah, it's 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 trying to do a lot of things, but I still overall appreciated it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I feel like it's two different movies, really. That's fair. The, I, that's a, that yeah, is a which valid I, criticism. I think is an issue. That, that's I think that's what it is. Like I could handle this, right. so like the mighty Thor and just deal with the Jane Foster thing, and I would have been fine with it. But then you have the Gore aspect, and I feel like th- there's two arcs there that Thor has to go through. But I feel like because they almost, because it's so short, I feel like they rushed both of them. So at the end of the movie, when he has this new status quo with him, I don't feel it and I don't care. I, I definitely I hear like on they, that front. Yeah. And they that's yada mostly yada just because, yeah. And I think I, I definitely hear on that front, especially toward the end there, because especially when he gets to where he needs to go, like, or what he's trying to achieve. I was like, oh, I didn't know that that was his, his central motivation was, was uh, this or that outcome right yeah um and then when you do get to that you're like oh i i guess that's that has to happen because um of the title of the movie but i don't agree i mean i feel like it's pretty obvious as far as what he's going for i mean what they set up from the get-go of this film and what the what thor's overall arc is going to be yeah I mean, I, it's not so much some, about like, thor's arc necessarily like again this is not so much i think it's just more that i felt as though there was certainly an element of gore that um is either on the cutting room floor or they just edited it out and it would have been neat to have that. But, you know, to your points, like I don't from Gore's have... I mean, from the beginning of the movie, I get a, a sense of what, what Gore's issue is. And no, I, yeah, so do I. And I, I think I, I sort of was thinking that he was going to go more of like a menacing tear. Um, and while he does do that, it, it's certainly not his like ultimate, ultimate achievement. Um, but yeah. Hey, like it, it is what it is. Right. I think this also speaks to sort of like from a tonal standpoint, like Taika Waititi isn't really one to like not know, like not be aware of like his own motivations um, as a director. So I think that there is like a lot of like strange sarcasm in this movie about how, you know, the motivations from these characters and also the outcomes from these characters. So I'm not wholly opposed to the idea that like he was just like, hey, like, you know, we should have this character in here 
and make him like cool menacing and stuff like that but also like let's have him be a dick and like a, a clown sometimes too um and because of that that might have added to perhaps what alan and i felt as though like an unevenness to some degree well do I you don't, think that i don't maybe... di- i don't disagree I, I don't disagree with the idea that there's an unevenness because it's a tricky thing to have a villain that has such a specific kind of goal right meanwhile thor and his crew are having an adventure that yeah leans into a lot of like silliness at times or what have you so like mm-hmm. that's a that's a tricky line to walk and it's i can't like just nor do i have to it's not my movie but like the no. the thing i see in it is the you know an issue something that i think taika waititi is rubbing up against to begin with as far as i have to do the standard marvel bullshit as well right. as my, the, the thing that i want to do and like i wouldn't be surprised if gore was just the thing that he was throw, that was thrown at him as yeah. far as like you gotta make, if you're making thor 4 this time we're doing gore Okay, like that, I'll, I'll write that script. Yeah, and like, that summation is exactly kind of how I felt, like, just how this movie kind of went. Is like, I do want to do my own stuff. Like, I was kind of surprised when I saw who wrote this movie. It, it is Taika Waititi, and he wrote it with somebody else, with uh, Jennifer, Jennifer Robinson. Robinson yeah. yeah, and I was like, oh, I didn't, because I was like, oh, I I would have think I would have thought that he would have had, you know, definitely elements of Taika Waititi in this that I have grown to love from watching Boy or, you know, Hunt for the Will of the People or something like that, where there certainly is a more cohesive story at the end of all of this. And um, so I was kind of surprised when I saw that credit um, to him as uh, as the writer of this movie, the co-writer of this movie. But in any do case, you I'm think sorry, that, Adam, what were we saying? Well, do you think that that may have been a problem? Um, do you think that because Taika is writing and directing this, do you think because he's also producing, writing, and show running our five meets that, but he's also making time to add his voice to numerous things and to be an actor in numerous things that he's always working on a deadline so maybe the movie is uneven because they hired Taika to come back to do this and because it's on a Disney strict schedule that they weren't able to flush out the things that we needed to and we got the finished product um I don't know how Aaron's gonna answer this but I would say that I would say no like that's not really a Taika who's like I don't think it was because Taika was being too spread thin that's mostly because of what I read with the Raimi stuff with uh uh, Doctor Strange, Multiverse of Madness, mm-hmm. where he's just like, I want to do a lot of crazy shit, and Marvel's like, no. Um, oh yeah, cut the so, that's that's not what he said. Yeah. He said the exact opposite because he's too humble for that because he's a Midwestern guy. He he's like, yeah. no, I just you know I came in and they had a script, I did my thing. I was like, hey I man, do. read the Rolling Stone interview, dude. Like he he clearly said that there was like issues with the film um, that he just was not gonna fight. But hey man, like you take it from whatever you want, but that's not my my reading of it. But, but also, are you going to hire Sam Raimi if he's not going to do his corny stuff? And he he did get to do it, like to his credit, what we talked about in the. Yeah, in the he got to do it. I'm just saying he he underplays how he goes like that. Like he certainly mm-hmm. brought in his he, he did bring his his shit. Like read read the Rolling Stone interview, dude. Like, that's all that I'm saying. It's just, I'm not fighting with I'll you. I'll pull here. it up right now. I'm man. just saying that like the like he clearly had his own issues with the movie, and he's like the cut is the cut. So um, yeah, the, the reasons are well known at this point. Yeah, again, it wasn't like his favorite thing. It didn't feel like it was his favorite thing to work on. But um, in any case, uh, so Aaron, what about you? Like, did you think does that, you know, white TD is just spread too thin? I mean, no, I wouldn't say it's spread too thin. I think just his style is suited for a kind of movie that is smaller than this. And there's so many people that have to work on this kind of thing. And he has to please so many people as far as the audiences are going to watch it that it's not going to work a hundred percent of the time. Like you can't make, you know, will to people on a Thor budget and expect it to just like be a hundred percent of a knockout. Right. I mean, it's, 
there's a lot of his personality in this, even more so than Ragnarok, since he, mm-hmm. he, he's kind of he came on to Ragnarok and you know did his thing with that. The, and along with it, you know, it's it's more of a singular effort, and by giving it that, giving him that level of control, where he gets to lean more on his own devices, it it it's being more ambitious than it is being successful. I would say. Um, so I, I don't think it's necessarily the fact that he he just didn't have the means to do what he wanted to do. It was just more of, you know, he, he did the thing he wanted to do and it just came up this way. And whether or not you like it, it's, it is it is the movie he wanted to make, I feel. Uh, there are other things going into this as far as, you know, how this production was conceived as far as being filmed during the pandemic or what have you. That's not necessarily a reflection of, you know, what's possible and what's not possible because there's plenty of good movies that come out and be made during the pandemic and there's plenty that haven't. Uh, but I do think it, at the end of the day, it is a YTT film that he made on his own accord. It's just, it's not hitting in the same way that other movies have for many people um, in that kind of sweet spot. At the same time, I mean, you know, made a bunch of money. He's got a B plus cinema score. It's not, you know, it's not awful. It's not, it's not, it's not the, the end of things for Marvel, but it certainly adds detractors oh, no. and I can understand why. Sure. Well, question for you guys here. Where does yeah. Thor go from here? I mean, Aaron, you had a question here as well uh, around that, but where where does Thor go from here? I mean, he is sort of one of the last remaining core uh, of the original uh, cast, quote unquote, but where do his adventures go? We sort of saw him leave in Endgame with the uh, Guardians, and then here he is kind of doing his own thing again. Yeah, they kind of threw that away kind of quick, didn't they? I mean, hopefully there's more of it in, in Guardians 3, maybe. But uh, I mean, I, I never expected the Guardians to be around that long. It's just like, yeah, right, that's the opening. Sure. <laughs> he's, he's at least, at least a movie. But yeah, I think the next I think the next round is probably going to be uh, the person they introduced at the end of the credits versus Thor. And it might be like a God versus God kind of thing. Hmm. And at the end of that, we'll get a face turn by the other God and then they'll be friends. That's where I think it's going to go. But with the other dynamic that he has now. I don't know. Could be a. I don't think he'll do a Disney Plus show. I don't. But that's what it was feeling like. Thor or Hemsworth. Like Hemsworth. Hmm. I mean, he might. He seems like he's game for a lot of things, but I don't know. I think it comes down to he clearly seems to like working with YT. So it's like if they want to keep doing something, they'll keep doing something. Um, or if they make, you know. You know, you know, it doesn't have to be a Hemsworth starring a Disney Plus show, but if they like, you know, Asgard the series with like Tessa Thompson or whatever, that's mm-hmm. something he can, you know, pop in on or what have you. <laughs> or Lady Sif, I guess, for that matter. Yeah. The one arm warrior. Mm-hmm. Uh- <laughs> bring it, let's bring it back for a little, because we talked a lot about the sure. gore side of things. There is the whole, you know, romance plot involving the return of Jane and, and Thor. Sure. Alan, what do you think in that regard, as far as like how that story was going? Clearly, you're not, <laughs> I don't think you're a fan of either, but like, what do you think in, in um, how they handled the Lady Thor storyline? I like the the little montage where they kind of saw the relationship kind of deteriorating. I think I like that a lot. Um, I feel. I just, I just, I really just feel like that could have been better served if it wasn't brought, like, spread too thin. Like, honestly, this movie should have been three hours long, or at least two and a half hours, so you can get that extra moments with them, so you actually care about the things that are happening towards the end. Because I, I, I don't know, like, they have chemistry, but through the because the other Thor movies with her weren't 
well known for the romance like the romantic aspect of it mm-hmm. and because really? dark world was so I, I mean i don't i don't remember everybody going like oh i can't wait for thor and jane foster to get together people were certainly excited when they announced natalie portman's returning to thor yeah because people like natalie portman i don't think it has anything to do with her being jane foster it's because natalie portman's coming back and people like that because it's a name they know and it's always a fun thing to see good actors in marvel movies whether or not they have an emotional connection it's the emotional connection is to natalie portman for me, the emotional connection is Natalie Portman, not necessarily Jane Foster. Mm. And I feel like with this, I feel that they really could have doubled down and put it directly into like, hey, we could have, this is the relationship, they're coming back together. And then the third act happens and how the next step happens from there. I feel that it they kind of didn't give it enough time because they were focusing on Gore, but then they didn't get Gore enough time because they were focusing on Jane. I think it was like a, Catch twenty two, but that's I don't know. I mean, she did, like all the actors did a good job. I, I everyone was having. I think every actor that was in the movie was doing great. Every moment that they had was great. I just don't think there was enough time to really let those final notes hit for me and a few other people I was watching the movie with, like in a in a in a positive way. Mm-hmm. I just I just felt like it was rushed, and I feel like a lot of these phase four movies are starting. Phase four things are just starting to tread water. Or rush mm. it, one or the other. And I don't think any of them are really hidden the way they should be. Mm. But also, yeah. I'm just an unhappy 37 year old who cares about these <laughs> movies that are clearly now made for children. So. Well, I do want to get back to Well, I do want to get back to something that you're you're bringing up there um, with kind of just how you're feeling about Phase Four. But um, Aaron, to answer your question, I I liked the the uh, the Jane stuff in this movie. Um, I certainly like Natalie Portman as an actress as well. Um, but I think that that it was because that was the montage that Aaron that that Alan is talking about. That's like the, the stuff that you didn't really get a whole lot of prior to. Like it's the most that's the newest, freshest thing that you've seen. So that's probably why I was the most invested in in sort of like that fun montage and kind of just seeing how things developed with their relationship and kind of how it soured out. Um, but yeah, I mean, you know, like it. I think that their relationship in this movie is good but it i think to alan's point about maybe getting into your um into like your emotional psyche toward the end there i can sort of understand what he's talking about because as we've established this movie has a lot of um has a lot of large plot uh, to get through uh, so um i thought it was a it was a good use of natalie portman but at the same time um, would I mind having like uh, just a Thor love story type of movie without any uh, villains in it? Sure, why not? Yeah, but you know, <laughs> whatever. Well, obviously, never get right. That movie. Obviously, like uh, th- those are like fun shorts that you can see on on YouTube, right? I I, I will say like I. <laughs> yeah, I mean, we've got over the idea that like it's trying to do a lot, but I do think that the what it's working on as far as exploring why Thor and Jane broke up and what's bringing them back together in whatever way. I, I mean, I liked that effort also. Like I, I appreciated what was going for. Is there of course a way to like expand on that and make it make more out of it? Sure. Um, but I mean, it's not as though you can write this off just because like it shouldn't matter. It's just a dumb movie or what have you. But at the same time, it's like, I mean, I'm enjoying the movie that I'm watching. Like it, it I'm not trying to like put a bar on and say it has to be this good to qualify. And I'm not saying that you guys are either if they're there, that makes 
you know, that's the only way to qualify something. But if I walk into Thor Love and Thunder and I see these, the effort going on here that I see, as, at least as far as these characters go, I do think it's fairly successful. I do think as a character film, it works rather well in that regard. I do like seeing these people together. I do like the way that they converse, uh, the way they relate to each other, the way it draws in emotional stakes that I do think have, you know, have a necessity into the story. Like I, I, I wasn't against like what it was trying to do there. Mm-hmm. I, I'm not exactly into the idea that White Titi's acting as if Thor and romance have never gone together before, which seems patently false. But I mean, I, I like what he, as far as the movie he made goes, I do like what, you know, the fact that it's called Love and Thunder and has a level of meaning by the end of that, I do appreciate it. Sure. Alan, I want to go back to something that you were mentioning there. I mean, how are you feeling about phase four and what it's shipping up to be? I mean, you saw, you kind of sort of said that um, a lot of like I, perhaps duds. Yeah, I think I think with phase four, it's more of a, I think because when Disney purchased it, Disney started to let it kind of write it out. They had a plan of what they were going to do. So I feel like they just did a, if it ain't broke, don't fix it. If it, it ain't broke, don't fix it until the end of Endgame. And now in the Endgame, Phase 4 is here, like, okay, well, now we get to do our Disney Plus shows, and now we get to make the movies that we want to make, and now we have Avengers Campus opening up, so now we can do all these things that we were wanting to do to return our investment, and I feel like, creatively, they're getting some interesting choices in there, but I don't think any of them are hitting, because they all have, I feel like Disney is just putting, like, corporate mandates on, like, okay, well, you got to do this, this, and this, Hmm. and it's really kind of stifling them, and we're getting more Thor Dark World, and more Avengers Age of Ultron than we are with than we are getting like Winter Soldier or anything like anything that's like fun and good and just solid but also I think every end credits scene has been lackluster and hasn't been good um none of them are like I, I think by as far as character were, introductions go character introductions and because let's not forget for Pizza Papa next... is one for the ages <laughs> yeah oh that guy's but gonna like, be character... the next Marvel villain Oh well, at least do something. He's more like the savior. By the end of the, (laughs) by the end of like the Secret Wars or whatever they're going for, (laughs) this, you know, whatever thing, when everything's failing, Pizza Papa rolls in through a portal. Is like, guys, get this. He can use, yeah, if he can use his brain to do per, like to have perfect circled pizzas, (laughs) then we can use him to save the world. But I think that a lot of it with Phase Four is just not hidden right Mm -hmm. it's not it's not giving us what we need i think every end credit thing has been like last last lackluster so we had ergo show up at the end of returnals and he looked like he was in a really bad costume the cgi cgi on the pet nozzle character was bad um this one was like oh he looks cheap um and then they're setting up for incursions which is great but then how are they going to do it are they even doing that? Because I haven't mentioned it in every single, like, I don't know. I just feel like there isn't a plan. Mm. And I feel like they're going to rise a Skywalker, the rest of this Marvel stuff. Yeah. Because all the Marvel Plus series, I watched all of them, I think, up until Moon Knight. I didn't watch Moon Knight yet. And it, and I haven't watched Miss Marvel because I feel like outside of Wanda and Loki, none of them did anything to really heighten or really add to Marvel. At this point, I am turning into the person who's like, listen, I can still like this stuff, but I don't feel like I have to watch everything mm-hmm. because some of it just doesn't seem to matter. Or I can just read a quick Wikipedia and figure it out. 
I will say Miss Marvel is the one that's doing the job as far as these things go and what they should aspire to be. It's more on the level of one division and Loki. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but how many people do you think have already checked out because the other ones? Are I mean, it's not my problem what other people are doing. I'm just saying, as far as the quality yeah. of the show is concerned, <laughs> it's doing sure. the job. Well, no, no, I know, I know. But then you got to think about like, okay, well, they finally hit it right with Miss Marvel. But I have been a diehard Marvel zombie forever, and I'm just like, I just don't know if I want to invest the time on this anymore because it's not. They haven't been good to me. Interesting. Like, I mean, yeah. you know what I mean. To, to follow up on that, I mean, I I have been feeling the Marvel fatigue. This is something that I talked about like yeah. months ago. Um, like I'm still doing a lot of the homework, and I'm still like watching these things here and there. And so, like my level of enjoyment, like it, it comes and goes. But it felt. But, it, but it hey, certainly you feels just said as though it's homework. Why well, does it have to be homework? Oh, I'm I'm kind of just describing that, we, you know that I mean? as I'm describing that as like you know sort of keeping up with all of the things that are going on. So that when I watch the movie, I, I sort of know at least half oh, of what's going it. on, right? Um, but I certainly have been feeling that fatigue, and I don't know how you feel, uh, Aaron, uh, about uh, this phase four slash the fatigue question. But um, yeah, I I don't know if um, it's something that they were just like, well, let's just keep things going, um, like what Alan said, a status quo in terms of we'll keep producing these Marvel shows and all the people that sort of have been dismissed from the movies can still have a Marvel show or show up in the Marvel in the Disney plus show. Um, but we'll still keep our, our, our movie vision, um, there, but yeah, I, I certainly had been feeling some of it. Um, especially like in the more recent, um, in the more recent, uh, past few months here. The, the shows are the things that are not draining, but I mean, it's certainly like there's so, there's so much of it and it's like, yeah, all right. Like these, it, if they keep making these, it's going to feel like less of a similar to Star Wars. It's gonna, it just feels less special. Where the mm-hmm. movies, movies are the movies. They're fine to be. Like you know, there's some that are better than others, but they only come along so often. It's like all right. Um, I, I I'll, you- I'll, I'll take I'll I'll take what I can, and I I just look at the. I can agree as far as these these post-credit things go as far as like clearly there's something going like I don't, I don't think that there's not a plan going on here it's just they haven't explained i mean comic-con's coming in you know a few weeks where they'll lay out whatever their plan is supposed to be as they say they are but i don't think they're 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 moving blindly into the night at all it all just goes they, i mean for one thing as far as the characters are setting up and what we've seen there's some pretty clear places they could be going it's a matter of which one they're going to choose but i mean they're not telling us they're not telling us it's not the requirement for them to it you know you make something like the whole infinity saga and endgame and yeah there's a clear end point there that they somewhat established early on as far as like yeah this will eventually happen but it was still a journey to get to that point and we didn't know how they were going to exactly get there we'll see what happens with this but as far as like my ability to be entertained by what's coming next i mean do i wish some of these phase four movies were better sure uh but i you know i'm I'm not, I'm not, sta- I'm not staggering my way to the next Marvel movie. It's like, okay, they're coming along and they're just, they're, they're more and more registering as silly fun, which when you look at all, you know, there's 29 of these and it's inevitably going yeah. to have a certain, you know, level of luster that reduces. I think people are just more and more recognizing, you know what, not all of these are amazing. And I think that applies to not just this phase, but all of the phases in general, there's just, there's some that really stand out. And yes, I, I would say, Maybe apart from Shang Chi, uh, none of the ones in Phase Four have been like true standouts in the same way that the best ones from some of these other phases have been. 
Yeah, I, would I, agree. I, I think I do think that's I'll just the last thing. I think it's I do think it's amplified by the fact that we're having these, you know, mostly mediocre TV shows. I don't, I don't think that's helping at yeah. all. Sure. Yeah, I, I would I would definitely agree with you on that on that front of just mediocre TV shows, not from like um, not from like the look standpoint, you know, because some of these uh, definitely have like money behind them, Disney money behind yeah. them. But yeah, just from the standpoint of like, okay, well, that story was it's not where I was expecting Moon Knight to go um, or like, you know, whatever the case is. I think that I just want to briefly mention that there is a um, for Thor. Uh, I'm sorry, Thor: Love and Thunder. Here, I mean, I when I was watching it too, um, I certainly got a sense of uh, just a really good TV episode, um, and that's sort of owned by Stepping Stone of just getting to like, the next thing. Like I yeah. understand the movies are the movies. Like you're not going to be able to get you know a Natalie Portman for you know the entirety of like a t- television series. Um, if you decided to do Thor as a TV show, but um, or some of these other actors or actresses from the from the cast either, but um, there certainly is this quality of just the episodicness of these movies, and I think that that sort of is Aaron. I, you brought up just briefly the acknowledging that these should just be sometimes just popcorn fun movies. I would agree, and I think that there certainly is like a a, a corner of the internet that is just like these are prestige movies, bro. I'm like, are they? You know, like, they're not. You, should, you should just really have fun sometimes too. Like, they're not all going to be like end games or they're not all going to be Infinity Wars. You know what I mean? So, like, for them to have this kind of, um, you know, enjoyment factor uh, for them, like, you know, I'm totally okay with that. That's why I liked Love and Thunder. I didn't love it, but I, I was entertained by it. But, I also uh, um, acknowledge that there are some shortcomings um, when compared to perhaps other movies. Can we talk more about Love and Thunder? Please. Um, Because there's there's stuff about this that, yeah, is not good that we I want to get to as well as far as like some of the filmmaking. Yeah. But I also want to talk about some of the good things, such as for one thing, Russell Crowe, I think, is just A plus in this movie. I I think everything. So good. (laughs) Everything he does is A plus to me. The accent choice, the the pageantry of his character like he comes in here for basically an extended cameo and i just think he's having a ball and it very much shows yeah i would agree i i I think uh, because as i'm getting older i notice like like chase crawford in in the boys just seems like he's having a blast playing that character and i feel the same way if i'm watching like marvel stuff like oh russell crowe is having the best time and i notice with actors seem to be having a good time with their roles it's infectious and i enjoy myself so when Russell Crowe was on there talking about orgies and doing a little dance off of the stage has was just top-notch great stuff. Mm-hmm. I agree. Like that, that like him, I think him and Bale were the best parts of the movie because they were both like Bale was great as Gore, and then Russell Crowe was just having such a good time yeah. and made it so fun. And I realized with the conversation here is like I think I just haven't had fun in a Marvel movie in a while. Because mm-hmm. everything feels like work to get to the big movie that we don't know is coming or not. And I think mm-hmm. that's kind of the stressing point for me, but yes, also, that was great. Yeah. I think that, that also speaks to Taika's like his really sarcastic humor of just like yes. speaking, Hey man, these, these people are gods, but also I wasn't sure if they're going to go with the whole entire, you know, that, that Zeus was like a hound dog. Right. And it's like, they did, they did go yeah. with it. So I was glad well, that made- Taika was just like, Hey man, like here's some funny stuff about um, some, people that you were just like oh this guy was the almighty zeus he controls like lightning right and throws thunderbolts like yeah but he's also like a like 
a big uh, horn dog. Yeah. Well, I also like the little offside. Like, is that the car- carpenter god? I'm like, oh, is that Jesus? There's an aside in there. Yeah. Yeah. yeah that, also, was, that was good. Yeah. The dumpling god was funny. Yeah, exactly. Like, yeah, the bow god. Was like yeah. little things. I could have spent more time in Omnipotent City. Like that could have been a funnier mm-hmm. experience. But I, I, you know, can't really start complaining about the things I wish they did because I hate being that guy. I also, I, the goats made me laugh every single time. The goats didn't get old for me. I could easily see them. <laughs> they, they're very much designed to be annoying, but I, right. I, I, I like the way it leaned into that. Hey, man, they even had like a good battle sequence. So, yeah. <laughs> well, let's talk about some of that stuff. The, the kind of the effects work, the action, what have you. Because this yeah. movie, um, yeah, a lot of it was filmed in the volume. For those that don't know what the volume is, it's just basically this, uh, this kind of sphere designed to have backgrounds that could be placed onto it so instead of building sets or what have you or having to work with green screens you already have a kind of a, a set in front like a, a vision of mm-hmm. the surroundings in front of you um it's been used on the various disney plus shows like the mandalorian and um obi-wan and i believe the batman used it for some scenes as well mm-hmm. uh, but here's the first like Marvel movie to really incorporate it based off both the pandemic as well as because Disney created this, so why not use it more? Uh, and I, I have thoughts on this, but I'm curious, what did you guys think of the kind of the look of this movie? I think some of it was great. I'm sorry, yeah. go ahead. No, no, please go, go ahead. ahead. I think some of it was great and some of it looked cheap. Um, I think all the Shadowrun stuff looked really cool. The lighting there, cool. The production design behind that was pretty cool. But then some like Omnipotent oh, City was fun, but also didn't look tangible didn't look real and i think that's the problem with using the volume sometime especially in mandalorian and stuff like it's cool but also it doesn't feel lived in and unless you're doing something like the shadow realm well it's clearly supposed to be outside of our realm of uh, comprehension when they start using it for things that are supposed to be more real world or at least more tangible it doesn't look right yeah i was gonna say that that I'm I'm on the same page with Alan. Like some of it worked for me, some of it didn't. Um, like you know, people have been screenshotting um, Heimdall's sons floating in. I was like, yeah, but in the context of the movie, like that actually does make sense about how yeah. you're seeing it. Um, but like that's not what I would point to as like the visual flaw error. You know what I mean? Like that's that's just like one scene uh, in particular. But I, I think that the use of you know the volume here looks great. You know, it, it. I think there was like a scene that they sort of showed. I was like, oh, I, I thought I would have guessed that they really did shoot that at like, you know, at sundown. Uh, but I guess that it wasn't. Um, but, you know, you've seen its use in the Mandalorian as well. And the Mandalorian looks looks really uh, well done. I haven't seen Obi-Wan, but I'm sure that there are some scenes where you're just like, well, I, I, I could have fooled me. Um, so that use of like that new technology is, I think, a better use of it. Um for you to sort of experience backgrounds in a much more quote unquote like natural way uh, when you're watching everybody on the screen because otherwise you're going to get some shit like you know multiverse of madness where we talked about where it's like I don't know if John Krasinski was like in the same room when he was <laughs> shooting with like the Shana Lynch or whatever else uh, but um, yeah I, I think that this is a really cool step forward in technology and how they can use it to make everything feel as though it is much more cohesive rather than like people looking at i forget what aaron and i you were talking you and i were talking about one movie one time we're like oh yeah it really looked really bad like i think you could totally see it might have been um death on the nile where we're like that looks really bad like it's, it's clear that they're just like standing in front of like a blue screen or a green screen um at one point when they're in front of like the pyramids of egypt um but yeah this one you know like 
I think that there are some really cool uses of it, but if we want to like nitpick it to death, I'm sure that we could be like, this looks terrible and that looks terrible. I think there was only one visual miscue that I saw um, that really sparked my, my attention. And that was mostly because Christian Bale has like a skin tag on the inside of his right eye in the movie. You see it on the inside of his left eye and you're just like, okay, well that's a reverse shot. Um, but you know, that's not really a visual effect error. So what about you, Aaron? I think when it works, it works. Um, yeah. I, and the, you know, it's the same with any kind of technology. It's, you know, it comes down to how the filmmakers tend choose to use it and, you know, what they're able to adapt to. And certainly some, you know, know how to use things better than others. I think the Mandalorian, John Favreau, the unlikely pioneer of visual effects these days right. uh, certainly has, you know, he, he, he seems to have a handle on what he's doing uh, in that realm, whether it's the lion King, which for all its flaws certainly presented some visual challenges that he wanted to embrace or something like the Mandalorian where like, yeah, there's, you know, if we didn't know that the volume was a thing, I don't think we would realize that about the Mandalorian, which is, you know, the best kind of thing you can say for that show mm-hmm. uh, among, you know, as far as the visuals go, uh, this movie, I do think it can be apparent uh, but even with regardless of using the volume or not, it just has a look that at times just falls flat, um, which sure. is a shame. And it's not unlike Marvel movies in this nature, especially with the Earth stuff when it comes to Thor, things that are more grounded. Um, it's the same problem I have with, with Ragnarok, where so much of that movie is big and colorful that when you get to scenes on Asgard, there's just a lack of... There, there's there's a there's lesser going on there. It feels visually drab. Or like it's that scene with like uh, Loki and Odin and Thor in the grass in Norway or whatever they're supposed to be. Like it oh, just yeah, yeah. Right. it just falls yep. flat because it's it there's just the the kind of the house style that Marvel has is just not that good. It's not very good. So it's like it just it feels like it stands out by comparison to having so much outlandish stuff around it. So here were they actually there with with uh in in Thor Ragnarok with um anthony hopkins there yeah and that's that's the other issue too because they color grade these things they make them look a certain way so it all kind of blends together it's like why don't you (laughs) it's like there are these you have these great locations and you and you so rarely use them because you film so much stuff in atlanta or in locked off locations and it's like it's Mm -hmm. a shame that you can't use that more and that's why thor the dark world still remains one of the best shot marvel movies because they went to locations they went to iceland they went all over the world to make this movie regardless of how you think of the movie it's a well shot one because it was before they had atlanta to do all their stuff <laughs> so it's, yeah. and I and that's something I kind of like about the Thor movies. They've always been visually inventive. They've always tried to do something. Whether it's the, you know, Kevin Kenneth Branagh doing his his canted angles thing on the first one, or sure. what I just said about Dark World or Ragnarok being pretty visually neat when it comes to all the most of the stuff in that movie, or this one like has some clever ideas, but there is like that kind of Marvel bullshit on the side of it that just right. lessens it. Um, this leads to some of the action. It's fine. Like I think there's some creative stuff and Guns N' Roses on the soundtrack. You know that's fun. So I mean that gives it a a, a lot of Guns N' Roses. I mean it's, yeah, it's like it Guns N' Roses greatest hits. Yeah. Well, they, I mean they got they <laughs> got they the let, three songs. Yeah. They got the let out last time. They he's he's the he's more than he's like four or five. Did he use four or five? Wow. Yeah. Okay. They got because yeah. they got the standards and they also bring in like November Rain. Mm-hmm. Uh, so yeah, they got November like, Rain, Sweet Child of Mine. Welcome to the Jungle. Uh, welcome to the Jungle. jungle. Yeah. Paradise City. Yeah. yeah. Paradise City. Yeah. Um. I mean, like the act, like it just feels. I want to know if you guys agree, but like you know, I feel like Taika just it's that's not a concern to him. For one thing, it's you know, so much second unit stuff to begin with, and it's like yeah, then Jane throws a hammer around and does some things cool. That's great. Like it's just such a lack of 
of like, yeah, all right, then we have a big fight. We have a big fight. I I will say, while they're nondescript on purpose, shadow creatures are neat and creepy. I like that. Like, that's, you know, that's an interesting henchman or, you know, villain to have to battle to some degree. Yeah, especially like when they're just like shadows in kids' rooms. It's really fun. Um, As far as like the, the fighting choreography goes and the action goes, I mean, I don't mean this in like in a positive way, but it's standard Marvel. Um, and that's you know, <laughs> like it is what it is. Like there are some scenes where I was like, I don't know what the fuck is happening here. Like the first action scene that they have here is in the dark. Um, and I was like, I don't, I can't really, really describe to you like who they're fighting or what's happening. And then at a certain point, there's like an extended conversation between Jane and Thor. And I was like, I was looking at some of the background characters and like, they just were like, I was like, are they, are they fighting each other? Like, are they fighting other humans? And then later, like it pans out again and you're like, Oh, there's the creature. Um, So as far as like the, you know, the action choreography goes, it is what it is. Like even in that, in um, sort of like a later sequence with them on the moon, I think there's more creative things that they can do, but it's also because it's more focused on just like, there's just a few, a limited number of people here um, and they're, they're all doing their own thing. Alan, any additional thoughts on that? No, I mean, yeah, I agree with uh, it. It just seems like it's just standard fair. It wasn't like Duel of the Fates or anything. So, man, was, I saw that clip know. come up on Twitter just this past week. Really fun clip. Yeah, yeah. that's good stuff. Um, but yeah, it was, it was fine. You know, I didn't feel like it wasn't like choreographed enough for me where I felt like um, so it wasn't any danger at all. But mm-hmm. you know, it was, it was cool. It, it got the job done. Got what they wanted to get out of it, right? Any other thoughts on Thor: Love and Thunder? I know we've talked a lot about various different things here. No, let's get to our rating. Uh, All right. Well, Alan, when yeah. should people go and see this movie? Disney Plus. So in forty-five days. <laughs> yeah. Is it really going to be forty-five days? That's the standard. Yeah. Oh my gosh. That's crazy. That's so in theaters, man. Yeah. It's given ninety days now. I mean, but, um, yeah. I mean, I Doctor Strange is in the theaters now, and it's and it's on Disney Plus, and it made all that money. Yeah, <laughs> I'm gonna watch that right now. Bye, guys. All right, see you, Alan. Hey, when should people see this movie? This is uh, in our old rating. This is like a premium cable thing, so this is like when you had to pay for HBO. Um, so this is this is on that level. All right, uh, this is a, you know, it's a fun matinee movie it's for me. It's Thor, Thor doing his thing. Yeah. I you know if I I wish it was better, but it's not like Thor's ever been the the top series in Marvel. So I I walked in and I was pleased with what I saw for the most part. Mm-hmm. All right, well that's our review of Thor: Love and Thunder. Let's um let's move on now. Um, real quick, what uh what time is it here? Aaron, it might be time for a quick game here. What? Little known fact, that's actually the, the sound that plays and Mjolnir uh, gets into Jane's hands. Exactly. Nice. Exactly yeah. that. Ava, what do you got for us this week? I've got a game for you guys this week. It's called Academy Thor Awards. Oh my God. These are all <laughs> Academy <laughs> Award questions from the cast of Thor. And <laughs> if you guys think about it, there's actually a lot of people here. So uh, if you know the answer, feel free to buzz in with your name, except for the first two questions. You guys both get a Price is Right style of question here. Okay. Buzz in with your name and then tell me the answer. First question here again, uh, Price is Right. How many nominations are there in the full cast of Love and Thunder? Academy Awards only. You mean actors only? Uh, yes, actors only. 
Okay. Um, um, how many? And again, you guys both get an answer. So whoever wants to buzz in next. Wait, what was, sorry. How, how many? Like how many nominations, nominations yeah, between all of them? Been okay. In the full cast. Got yeah. Better. Got it. Okay. Oh, um, I'm gonna say for for acting nominations or does writing A- acting noms? I mean, like uh, any any Academy Award nomination. So whether that's acting, oh boy, okay, yeah, oh, acting. <laughs> gotta um, add some things up know, here. Give me a second. Um, yeah. On my head, okay. uh, eight, eight, let's eight. go with eight. Okay, uh, Aaron, let's see. I mean, all you have to do is either beat or lower than eight. I'm gonna say higher, so I'm gonna say, I guess, 10. There are 26 nominations in the full cast of. Thor, eleven. So you kind of like like Matt Damon showing up, yes, and stuff like that. That's okay. why I said the oh full. man, okay, the full cast. Because right, like Bradley one. Cooper's oh, like eight to... alone. <laughs> next, next question yeah, yeah, here. Bradley Cooper has like nine. never mind. Yeah, uh, Aaron, you get that point. Uh, next question here. How many Oscar wins are there in the full cast of Thor, Eleven Thunder? Okay. <laughs> <laughs> think about this. Don't think too long. Uh, I'm gonna go with four. Okay. I'll I'll say six. It is five. I almost oh. said five. And I was like, I'll go one more just not to be a dick to Alan. So we're going to leave that one out for now because uh, we might have to come back to it as a, uh, as a, as a, whatchamacallit. As a it's like, here, it's what, like Damon, Bale, Portman, Crow, Waititi. Crow. You named all of them. <laughs> That's five. Like, <laughs> the next one, the next Crow, question here. Bale. Yeah, yeah. In the full cast of Thor: Love and Thunder, who has the most number of nominations? In the full cast, yeah, Bradley Alan. Cooper. Is Aaron. that an Aaron? Aaron Bradley Cooper. Yeah, oh, that's well, I, okay. Well, goddamn it, I said my name. Yeah, I Aaron kind of said it before, but yeah, it's six nominations. Yeah, yeah. We we jumped Cooper. to the jump with the buzzing in format. I forgot. Yeah, uh, the next one here: True False. Taika Waititi and Natalie Portman both have three nominate three nominations. Aaron. Aaron. <laughs> I, I'll say true. That is true. Yeah, goddamn. Because he was uh, nominated for Jojo Rabbit, adapted screenplay, best picture for Jojo Rabbit, and also live action short film. Yeah, he has a short film Oscar. Yeah. Uh, next one here, true false. Christian Bill has more Academy Award nominations than Matt Damon. Alan. Alan. True. It is not true. Aaron. Aaron. False. It, it is yeah, yeah, false. It. Matt Damon has five nominations because he had one for uh, Best Picture for Manchester by the Sea because um, he was a producer on that. And then Bale has four nominations. True, false. Wait, wait, wait. Just, and, yeah. and, and David has what, like two for hunting, for acting, and He's writing? Got, yeah, for, for screenplay and also one for, for actor. One for Martian. One for Martian, yeah. one for Invictus. One for Invictus, of course. Yes, his yeah. the, the performance his, we all talk about. Is yeah, his best performance. Uh, the next one here, true false. Idris Elba has more Academy Award nominations than Chris Pratt. Aaron. Aaron. False. That is false. They both have zero nominations. <laughs> uh, the next one here. Who has? Uh, oh, I'm sorry. Next one here. Uh, Natalie Portman has more Oscar wins than Russell Crowe. Alan. Alan. False. That is false. They both have. They have one. <laughs> uh, yeah, they both have one one. Uh, we have both have W O N one O N E one one. Yeah. Um. Next one here. 
Christian Bale was nominated for The Prestige. Aaron, Alan. true false. Aaron, false. False is correct. Yeah, you know the the film that he was nominated for. Which one? <laughs> like, uh, what are you talking about? Uh, do you know which films Christian Bale has has been nominated? Which for? films? Yeah, yeah, the the fighter he won, mm-hmm. uh, Ford versus Ferrari, in uh, American Hustle. He was and not Vice. nominated for Ford versus Ferrari. But he got a Vice nomination. Yeah, Vice. Oh, the Big Vice, Short. of course. Yeah, the Vice, Big Short, American Hustle, and the Fighter. Uh, last one. He here. wasn't nominated for. He wasn't nominated for Ford. He was Ford not. Ferrari? No. That's. I forgot that. Yeah. Uh, you really? I should I should have asked that question instead of the prestige then. Yeah. Um, the next the last one here. True false. Melissa McCarthy has one Oscar nomination. Aaron. True. Aaron. It's false. It is false. She has two nominations. She does oh, have two fine. nominations. Can can you ever forgive me and bridesmaids? That's correct. Yeah. For leading and supporting. Yeah, it was a good movie. movie. Y'all should go watch that. Should have, should have guessed it. Aaron, you ran away with that one, seven to one. Oh, yeah, so, you got it for one. Good job one. on Academy of Thor Awards. Thank you. <laughs> You're welcome. <laughs> what, a, what a detailed game that was. Yeah. Hey, man, got you guys guessing. I was like, yeah, you know, I got I to gotta work on these games so that Aaron just doesn't have the answer immediately. Hey, it worked. <laughs> yeah, you had to think about that one for the nomination. You know, I, I, you know I, I had a bad game, but I usually am doing pretty good at this stuff. You did pretty well. Yeah, not today, not today. Like you didn't I try. Didn't. I was like, I was in it. I was in it. You I were in it. Up. Yeah. I, I mean, you were one on. number off from the number of actual wins in uh, you know the entire cast of uh, Thor: yeah. Love and Thunder. So was Aaron though. My brain wasn't ready for Academy Award stuff. It's so far to my brain. It's like I said, it got yeah. slapped out of me. I'm sorry. It's, it's, it's pronounced Academy of Thor Awards. So. Oh, Academy of Thor Awards. I'm sorry. Yeah. All right. But that was games. Well, thank you for that game, man. You're welcome. Let's move on. Now let's get some right now feedback. Feedback, feedback, feedback. Feedback, feedback, feedback. This is where we go over the various questions and answers on our Facebook page. Facebook.com says out in a podcast. We asked a number of questions to the listeners. They gave us some answers. And so let's do this. Alan, feel free to join in with any answers you might have. First question well, here. Okay. What's your favorite superhero relationship? Todd Levin, out front of the show, writes Spidey and MJ, as in the Toby and Kirsten versions. Uh, Chris writes what Todd said. And Mark Pace, in front of the show, writes Tony and Peter. Hmm. William Hale replies, perfect. Hmm. Favorite superhero relationships? Superhero relationship? I like, I like uh, Bruce Wayne and Alfred. I was going to say the same thing. We were all going to yeah, say this, I, apparently. I, which one? Which one? Uh, I like the Bale and uh, Michael Caine one. Yeah, we're all probably there. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I don't yeah. so much mind. I, I like Michael Go uh, as well, but you know, that one's all right because yeah. he gets sick, and you know, he's got to get. I don't like, think any of them are bad, but yeah, certainly exactly. the the dynamic the, between the Kane and Bale was certainly yeah. you know pretty strong. <laughs> Maybe yeah. the Pattinson and Circus one can get there eventually. But, yeah, if they um, if they you know have one in a film, that'd exactly. be nice. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, or you know, if he's not a fucking dick to him, that'd be nice. You lied to me, Alfred. Uh, I've been in a coma for three days, but this is the first thing you're going to say to me. Um, yeah, yeah. Okay. I'm, I'm really surprised that we all had the same thing. I'm, I'm, I'm really jazzed about that. Great. Yeah. I'll, I'll throw in there like the, I think the, because especially that first one, because that's so bouncy, but the, 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 the Tony Stark pepper pots vibe is always like mm-hmm. fun. Yeah. 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 Um, you There's know, a screwballness to it. Yeah. He, been, he uh, pays her to throw the garbage out. Uh, I did like the like, Doctor Octopus and Spider Man at the beginning. Of the Spider Man Two was good. 
yeah i mean th- that even That's carries over into no way home yeah. and to some degree too so yeah. uh the next question is brilliant what? but lazy <laughs> that's what he writes in his evaluation of peter barker well that's what that's how he says dr kirk connors describes him <laughs> uh that assertion here what's the best lick for thor chris has fat thor he showed the world that you can be overweight and still kick ass otherwise his suit in dark world was very cool you guys have a favorite look for thor um i like him in ragnarok with the short hair that's pretty cool on on planet i forget what the name of the planet is i don't know Planet yeah, Hulk. Colorful. Was it Planet Hulk? Is <laughs> no, it's but it's just Jeff it's, Goldblum's planet. Yeah. Yeah, but it's it's just taken from that storyline. So yeah, yeah. Planet Hulk. Um, I do like his Dark World suit a lot. I think that's pretty cool. I will say, like, I like at the end of Endgame when he does suit up as Thor, and not only is he, you know, you know, still, you know, has his weight because it's mm-hmm. like well, that. That's we really it doesn't go anything. away magically. Yeah. But I, but I like that it like accommodates that, and, like you know, his, his beard and hair is all like braided yeah. in certain ways and stuff. It's like, yeah, cool look. Yeah. Um, we didn't talk about it, but briefly he has like, you know, the tank top. Um, and I think Taiko has said that that's kind of his homage to Kurt Russell but, in Big Trouble in Little China. Mm-hmm. That's a good look. He also has like a Thunderstrike, like it's also a Thunderstrike vibe, which is pretty cool. Yeah. That was not bad. Yeah. Speaking of which, what are Thor's favorite 80s movies? <laughs> Jordan Grout, friend of the show, writes Over the Top, The Pirate Movie, Cobra, King Kong Lives, Dead Heat, Xanadu, Rhinestone, and Yentl. <laughs> No, this dude loves Roadhouse. You know he loves Roadhouse. <laughs> uh, William writes, obviously, Red Dawn, so adjacent to Roadhouse as far as Patrick yeah. Swayze goes. And Michael Lee, friend of the show, writes, Fright Night and the Princess Bride. Uh, that's a good one, William. You know what? He might, he might like Metalli or like Fried Green Tomatoes. Yeah. Why wouldn't he you like know? these? Like, let's get, get cry out. Yeah, exactly. I was going to say he, he really loves like some candles. Um, he might like Reanimator. You think that's going to remind him too much of like, you know, all the magic that was going on over in his home world? It might. You never know. Well, he probably, but do you think he likes Legend or he's like picking it apart? Or like, no, you think he, he's, he's like, I've already defeated this like guy before. Yeah, I think he hates Legend. Yeah. yeah. He's like, you know, Tim Curry Hello, is good, too. but you know, yeah. he's no real Ragnarok. Um, but yeah, William Hill, good one for Red Dawn because, you know, he was in the remake of Red Dawn. Um, Jesus. <laughs> the next question here is what are some, what are the most surreal superhero films? Chris has Tank Girl. Do you guys have any surreal oh. superhero films? Uh, Dick Tracy. Yeah. <laughs> That's pretty good. It's a good one. Not really a superhero film, but Scott Pilgrim. Yeah, that was one of my favorite films. I mean, adjacent, I guess. I mean, I mean he's, got, he's got a health there, there are, yeah, there are powers involved in that movie. So yeah. sure. sure. You know, just be a vegan, Aaron. Yeah. Um, Super, super surreal superhero films. I mean, yeah, your Dick Tracy one was pretty good, though. Okay. All right. Next question. Very. Uh, that one you got some? No, I don't. All right. Mm-hmm. Assemble an Avengers team based on the friends of the various Avengers in the MCU. Luke Thompson, friend of the show, has Red Guardian, Valkyrie, Atri, Daredevil, and America Chavez. Hmm. It's pretty uh, pretty thorough there, Luke. Uh, I don't know I do. off the top of my head. I only have one guy on my team so far, and it's Ned because yeah, he's the I guy in the chair. <laughs> yeah, guy in the chair. He's doing all the he's doing all the hacking. Um, it, for me, it's it's Wong and Pizza Papa. Like they're gonna. <laughs> oh man, that's a that's Pizza a... Papa's not his friend. 
They're gonna be. I'd, I'd say they had to be friends of each other. I just said friends of the various <laughs> Avengers in the MCU. <laughs> and yes, they're gonna no, be. Is the perfect? <laughs> well, the next question here is: What are some great modern actor-director pairings? Uh, we didn't get any answers to this, but I would say off the top of my head, um, well, modern yeah. like Leonardo DiCaprio and Scorsese is that considered? Yeah, modern? something like that. But I was gonna say modern, modern. And, yeah. yeah, Nolan and Tom Hardy. Nolan and Murphy too. Yeah, he, he does love, love working with Killian. Yeah. Um, let me think. I'm trying well, to think of like Greengrass and Matt Damon for a minute. Yeah, who was, had, like, who was Spielberg's uh, muse for a while? Well, Hanks. Hanks. Oh, that's Hanks. Yeah. 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 No, I was, uh, I was thinking of um of uh DiCaprio. They're all, yeah. Well, he's only done he's only uh, done one. one catch me if you can. Yeah. Um, it's it's only going to be two so far, but I mean Jordan Peele and Daniel Kaluuya seem to get along pretty well. They do. Yeah. yeah. Um, Michael B. Jordan and Kugler. Yeah. Yeah. There you go. Yeah. Good one. All right. One more here, or two more. Uh, what human MCU character would you want to get want to see get a superhero upgrade? Human MCU character. Hmm. I would uh, Happy Hogan. It doesn't he already have access to all of Tony's stuff though? Does he ever use yeah, it? Should, That's true. He's 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 a good guy. That's why he doesn't use it. Um, hmm. I think it'd have to be Aunt May. And I'm talking about like well, Tobey Maguire Aunt May. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. I'm just like, yeah, give me like an eight year old with like you know uh, webbing fluid. <laughs> yeah. Octogenarian, octogenarian, I should say. Uh, how about you, Aaron? Anything? I mean, Ned's getting it now, right? So <laughs> we're pretty good on that front. <laughs> um, yeah, who else? I don't know. <laughs> get, get Flash Thompson in there. Get Tony Revolori. <laughs> give him something to do. <laughs> make him like it. Make him the the make anti-hero. Him, yeah, make him a lobby him. boy again. Uh, well, the last question here is: How do you feel about Phase Four of the MCU so far, between the TV shows and all of the movies, Black Widow, Shang Chi, Eternals, etc.? Uh, Gerard Rebe writes, "Eh, it's a phase. Waka waka." <laughs> uh, Brian E. White, uh, what would Brian write? Did you write the same thing as as Gerard, or it seems to be blank there? Um, no, it's he said. He, oh, uh, I see. Yeah, it says it. Oh. Yeah, it's it's on the different line. Brian E. Wright writes, "Gerard is underwhelmed." Yeah. Well, we already discussed this. So, we had a full discussion about yeah. it. So, yeah. yeah. All right. Well, that was enough feedback. Feedback, 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 feedback. And that's going to do it for this week's episode about Now Third Dave. You can find more of my work in my personal blog, thecodezeek.com. Everything I do ends up over there. I also write for WeLiveEntertainment.com and Why So Blue. Uh, you can also find me on Twitter, Aaron's PS4. Abe? You can find more fun stuff on my Instagram, Abe.Mua, and Twitter.com slash Rollersmoose. Hashtag, you flick too hard, damn it. Alan Aguilera, where can people find more of you? Uh, I think you can find me on Instagram at Aldo Rain, A-L-D-O-R-A-Y-N-E. And you can find me on Instagram, I'm sorry, on Twitter, uh, which is Mr. Aldo Rain, M-R-A-L-D-O-R-A-Y-N-E. And that's about it. All right. You can find all the other episodes about Now Theron on iTunes, Audioboom, Spotify, and Stitcher. SoundCloud, Podomatic, and H-O-L-O-D. Feel free to email us at outnowpodcast.gmail.com. Or you can write our Facebook wall, please, at the podcast, or tweet us at twitter.com. Slash, oh, not underscore podcast. 
And of course, our Instagram page, Instagram.com slash out now underscore podcast as well. Alan, thank you very much for joining us this week. Thank you, Alan. Oh, you're welcome. Anytime, guys. I'm always around, usually. Well, glad to have you back on as always. Yeah, um, let's see. Next week, um, we well, we have um where the crawdads sing opens. Yay! And we also have the wide release of uh, Marcel the Shell of Shoes on finally as well. So we have a a couple things that we could uh, possibly cover next week. Um, But that is going to do it for this week's episode. Uh, So until next time, so long and goodbye.